0: your your body health and your brain health are so intrinsically linked. Like they all communicate with each other. They're going back and forth. When you are mean to yourself, whether it's not meeting your needs, whether it's talking to yourself like a bully in your head, whether it's like all of these ways that we bully ourselves, essentially, you're, you're mentally and physically causing yourself harm. So just be ni- be nice to yourself.
1: Hello and welcome to the Evolving with Jessica podcast. My name is Jessica. I am an integrative nutrition health coach, a holistic skin healing guide, and certified life coach. In this podcast, we cover topics such as holistic health and wellness, nutrition, and spirituality. If you enjoy or gain any insight, please leave a review. This makes the show more searchable, which helps others find the information too. Today, I am joined by Melissa Mattson. Melissa is a former registered massage therapist who got tired of seeing so many people come in riddled with symptoms of a wildly dysregulated nervous system and only being able to put a band-aid on their pain. She decided she wanted to make a real lasting change in the lives of her clients. And that's how she discovered coaching. Using her medical knowledge of the body and nervous system and her practical experiences beating codependency in her own life, she now thrives as an empowerment mentor for people pleasers looking to change their lives and take their power back. I really enjoyed this conversation with Melissa and I think you will too. And if you do, if you would be so kind as to take a screenshot of this story or of this episode and post it to your story and tag both of us, then I will be sure to reshare it and love you forever. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy. You were just telling me that you're an introvert and you're a coach. So I'm wondering, how does that work for
0: you? Yeah, so that one, it's funny because it's, I'm an introvert, but I, I like communicating with people. I like working with people in that way, um, but I definitely need to, part of what I need to do for myself uh, boundary wise, which works out well, because that's a lot of what I coach on and what I deal with is to make sure that I'm setting aside the time after I'm working to do the care that I need to do. So sometimes that's alone time. I do a lot of like traditional self-care type things. Like I'm a big bubble bath person, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I almost always, especially like when I finish up webinars, when I finish up things I've been doing, I go outside and like, I sit outside, I sit with nature that kind of regrounds me, spend some time with my partner, The other thing is that I have an old coach of mine once explained it as like blue flame energy. So it's like, I'm low key to begin with, like, because I'm an introvert, the way that I coach isn't, you won't usually see me out there being one of those, one of those coaches or one of those um, influencers who's like big and in your face and yelling and really excited. They have their place. uh, and, And I'm just a little bit more low key. I'm a hand talker. I'm Um, animated, but I'm definitely like a, a calmer energy, I think, in the coaching space and in the online space. And so that's kind of how I balance like working with people and being able to do this and do the work that I love, but also making sure that I'm taking care of myself in the way that I need to be and presenting myself like authentically. I don't try to be more than I am. I don't try to be bigger than I am. I don't try to be a different type of personality because I feel that that's going to have to be the way that you are in the online space. Um, and I think that introverts may, especially introverts who might be getting into the online space or who are entering the online space, like there's a lot of fear around that, that you have to be somebody that you're not to get into it. So that's kind of how I've managed it. It took a bit of boundary work. It took a bit of digging in and like really falling back on the work that I've done to be authentic like authentic and true to myself. Um, but that's, that's what's been, sorry, that's, what's made it easier to show up as an introvert in both the coaching career and the online space.
1: That's so interesting to me because looking at you and I don't know if anyone else has this belief or misconception as well, but you have an appearance where I would think that you'd be loud. And I think it's because I don't, I don't know if it's like the hair or the piercing or the eyeliner, but like, I feel like you, you come with this like loud energy but then you are, you're more like, like the introvert. So it's like this
0: contrast. That's really cool. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, lo- I love that you look loud, but it, and I do like, I know that like I, like you said, it's the eyeliner, it's the dyed mm-hmm. hair, it's the piercings. I'm it's early this morning, but like, I usually have like my red lipstick or my dark lipstick. Like I'm, it's funny. Cause I am a big, I'm a big presence with like a low key mm-hmm. vibe for the most part.
1: Mm-hmm. So, okay, so for other introverts, how do you, like you said, after you're in like a social setting or doing something that's more extroverted, that you ground yourself in nature and, you know, you do your bubble baths, things like that, that help you come back. But how do you, or is there anything that you do beforehand, like to prepare yourself for that?
0: So um, a lot of my prep is actually based in the fact that I... Um, have dealt with a lot of like heightened nervous system stuff in the past. It is what I work with predominantly, um, and so my prep is actually for the most part nervous system work. It's my own the own the things that I have to do for myself to manage my nervous system. So a lot of times that looks like prep work. A lot of times that looks like writing down what I'm doing or talking about key facts that I want to remember, so that as I get ready to be in this in a conversation or in a setting. I have those things that I've done for myself t- so that there, I don't have that worry of like, what if I blank? What if I forget what I'm going to say? What if there, everybody has things to say and I don't have anything left in the tank? I know that I've prepped myself in a way that I've set myself up for success. And that brings my nervous system this really good this sense of like peace and safety. Um, and that is what kind of allows me to then show up in my own energy, in my introverted energy and a little more low key, because I know that I've created those fail safes, even if the environment that I'm in kind of throws a curveball at me. So that's my prep. Everyone's would look different, but I would advise it to be like the same base, like do what you need to do to bring yourself comfort. If you're anxious about um the way your hair is going to be put a whole bunch of hairspray. On. Like, I know that sounds funny, but like some people are more appearance based. So like put a bunch of hairspray on, do what you got to do to like, feel really good. Like put on your favorite lipstick, put on your favorite makeup. If you're like me and you're anxious about social situations, do everything you can to prep yourself so that if things go a little wonky, you'll be ready. Find out how to make yourself feel safe and meet those needs. That would be the the biggest prep I would say as an introvert.
1: Mm, okay. That makes a lot of sense. What brought you to be interested in helping people regulate their nervous system?
0: So that was kind of a two-pronged approach from my own experiences as a people pleaser, growing up as a people pleaser, growing up as the daughter of a people pleaser, um, and really experiencing dysregulated nervous system for most of my life. And I have a lot of gut health problems. I at like 13 years old, they're like, "Oh, it's probably IBS." Kind of just threw that at me and left me alone. And so, I was kind of left to figure out on my own where that was coming from and why it was this way. I always knew my mood and my health was linked. Um, and then I, I, as I started breaking free from people pleasing, I started feeling less and less unwell, and I noticed the link. So that kind of got me into my nervous system journey. And then while I was doing that, I also became, in my early 20s, a registered massage therapist, and in Canada. Um, I know the regulations are kind of different all over, depending on where people are listening from, but in Canada, that's like a three-year program. We do a lot of um, health background, like medical stuff. And that's where I started truly learning about the nervous system, the effects it has on the body, how that shows up in your muscles, how that shows up in your um, like stress-based symptoms, because that's a lot of what we treat as a massage therapist. And so I started treating those symptoms, those physical symptoms in people. But when they come in, when people come and get on the massage table, you break an intimacy barrier and people talk to you about their lives. And in hearing their lives, I started realizing they were having the exact same struggles with boundaries and people pleasing. And that's where their nervous system was getting dysregulated. And that's where their physical symptoms were coming from. And I couldn't help that as a massage therapist. And so... I I wanted to be able to. And so I was like, that's it. I want to do something where I can take my own personal experience and my medical knowledge that I have as an RMT and help people actually fix the fucking root of this problem and stop. I like massage. I love massage. I can, I was able to make effect change in people's bodies immediately, but without fixing the root, they were coming back again and again with those same problems. And I didn't want to do that anymore. I didn't want to put on band-aids anymore. I wanted to get to the root. I wanted to fix the nervous system. I wanted to help people with their people pleasing with their codependency. And so that those symptoms went away instead of just band-aiding them. So that was kind of like the two prong for me that brought me both of those areas of my life brought me to where I am now.
1: Mm, I can relate to that a lot as far as regulating the nervous system, because I had my own health issues and like there was, it was gut, it was skin, and i had healed them but then i was in a situation where um my nervous system was not regulated anymore like i was just in a very stressful environment and my skin issues were coming back and i just and i had already healed them before so i'm just like what the heck i'm doing everything i had done before like why is this not working like why am i still experiencing this or why is this coming back and yeah, the more, the more I looked into it, the more I learned about, like, that's how I learned about the nervous system. And I think all of that was to like, teach me, you know, I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to help people heal their skin. So to me, from my perception of this was like, the universe is like, okay, well, you're going to have to go through all this stuff so that you know, everything that's going on with the people that you're going to help, because you can't get somebody like you can't be working with somebody and help them heal something on the outside without really knowing everything going on on the inside
0: yeah it's so true and it's so funny that sort of like trial by fire like I feel like every every coach every person has their story of that because like you said like we go through this and then we're like oh my gosh now I understand I understand all the aspects I understand how to help people no matter where they're at in their journey so like I'm I'm not surprised to hear that you had such a similar journey because I know like as as a coach like you deal and help people with that in so many different areas so similar it's interesting to hear the similarities between the origin stories even with people who are in like different niches
1: yeah yeah I mean turn our pain into purpose as they say yeah you mentioned people pleasing how does somebody know if they are a people pleaser
0: So there's a couple different ways you can start to assess. One of the ways is that if you are giving or doing things that should feel good, and they feel bad, and I know that sounds really basic, but a lot of people who struggle with codependency and people pleasing don't necessarily make that link right away where they're like, I'm giving and I'm giving, but I'm tired, I'm burnt out, I don't feel good about it. Or if you're noticing that when you give, it's it's transactional. So like, I'm doing this so that I hope my needs will get met, or I'm doing this for this person because, you know, I want this relationship to be this way. And there is a base level of almost manipulation to it, uh, which can be hard to admit at first because most people pleasers, we believe we're good people. We are good people. So when you hear that there's some manipulation at the roots of your actions, there's that little bit of backlash, that little bit of cognitive dis- dissonance. Like, I know I'm not manipulative, but you're doing it from a place of wanting to create safety for yourself, whether that safety is um, not being rejected socially, whether that safety is you know, having had an experience where maybe people's big emotions or their upset emotions were unsafe for you in the past. You're trying to control the situations around you and the reactions of other people with your actions. So if you're noticing that there's like consistent transactions or you're noticing that even though you're doing things that should feel good, like showing up for people, being helpful, uh, always being there when people need a hand and you're not feeling good about it, that's a really good indicator that you're people pleasing because you're not making the decisions for you or from a place of wanting to be Um helpful or selfless you're making those decisions because you feel like you have to and that's why they feel so draining
1: Mm. so it's really about keeping yourself feeling safe
0: yeah yeah people pleasing is predominantly at the end of the day about protecting yourself and keeping yourself safe
1: so what okay I'm just going to play like devil's advocate like what if like maybe there's not a problem then like like, why not continue people-pleasing if that keeps you feeling safe?
0: Because it it keeps you in a false sense of safety. You can't control other people. We can't, I can't control you, you can't control me, you can't control other people. So by relying on trying to mitigate situations and do what you can to bring forward certain results... You're just creating the illusion of safety. You're, you're, you're making yourself feel like you're doing all the things you can to be safe, but people are still going to um, act the way that they act. No matter how much you give, people might still continue to take and not meet your needs, not because they're selfish, but because they assume that you are going to set your own boundaries. And so if you're not doing that, thinking, well, I'm giving and giving so that they should do X, Y, Z, whether it's give back to me or meet me here or just be satisfied and stop asking me for things. So even though you're trying to create safety, you're really not. Safety comes from protecting yourself by setting boundaries, by communicating your needs, by um, saying what you're feeling and looking after yourself instead of trying to please other people into giving you safety. So it, it's, as much as I say the root is safety, you're right, The a better way to say it is the root is, trying to create safety, but really you're just creating an illusion of safety or an illusion of control that you don't really have.
1: Okay. So you said, um, you'd want to create boundaries, communicate what you're feeling. So are those like the, the first things that someone should do once they've realized like, wow, like I do do this. Like I do
0: people please. They can be. Um, The thing about boundaries and the thing about people pleasing is that boundaries can be a really scary first start because they do involve immediately involving other people. And that can lead to conflict because even if you're setting a healthy boundary, if you've established working a certain way with people, even if they respect your boundaries, They may be surprised or disappointed or taken aback when you set a boundary. And that level of conflict or that level of having to have that deep conversation and communication can be really jarring to the nervous system of somebody who has people pleased for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Um, So what I like to do is actually start with the inner foundation. So start with things like being kinder to yourself, start with things like, meeting your own needs do you notice that there's areas in your life where you're not meeting your own needs a lot of us can start with things like drinking more water in a day making sure we're eating three meals um setting bedtimes for ourselves like a a lot of this stuff that's essentially reparenting and it's really not like the sexy side of healing like going to bed on time and like eating square meals but that's a really good place to start because the more effectively you show up for yourself the more effectively you show your body and your nervous system that you are ready to stand up for yourself you are ready to be the person who takes care of you the more confidence you build and then that confidence allows you to then come forward and set boundaries more effectively even in the face of people maybe being disappointed by your boundaries or being uh, taken aback by your boundaries Um, so I would always advise with starting small and starting internally and then slowly working your way into the external world because the external boundaries can be a little bit more scary. They're not necessarily scary. Most people are happy to respect your boundaries, but they feel scary when you're first starting.
1: Mm -hmm. This sounds a lot like, um, like when it comes to trust or trust issues, the way that I like to talk about it or explain it would be like. Um, like if you have trust issues with like a partner, like business partner, relationship, friends, whatever it is, then you need to look at your, your relationship with yourself. So if you don't trust other people, then you probably, you know, well, you definitely do not trust yourself. And why don't you trust yourself? Because you say you're going to do things and you don't follow through with them. So like yep. with the, with the like drinking the water or the going to the bed at a certain time. Oh, like I'll do it tomorrow, or, oh, I'll just like not like skip it or whatever. Or, oh, I did good enough. And so then that rolls over into the other relationships in your life. And so, same with self-love, you know, like you can't really love others unless you fully love yourself. So with boundaries, yeah, I mean, if you don't respect your own boundaries with yourself, then how can you actually have them like healthy boundaries with others?
0: A hundred percent. And like so much of that is so dead on the one about holding your word to yourself. That's one of the most important things that I talk about with Mike, like with anybody that I talk to about um, boundaries and people pleasing is like making your word to yourself impeccable, like having that, that bond and that trust in yourself that when you say something, you're going to do it. And Sometimes that's as easy as just shifting your language. Like for me with the gym specifically, it was one of those things where I was like, I'm gonna go to the gym. I'm gonna go four days a week. I would always make these promises and never do them. And so instead of being like, now I have to go to the gym all the time, I just stopped saying I was gonna go. And I was like, oh, I'd like to get to the gym this week. It was a big difference from being like, I'm gonna do this, this, this super rigid. And so I was able to keep my word easier when I stopped being like a tyrant to myself and and creating these really like, rigid schedules but I love I also love when you talked about like reflecting your inner world and the way you deal with people I'm sure you've heard like people have talked about like oh you can only meet people as deeply as they've met themselves and we kind of use that as like an expression to talk about other people and I always like to remind like to drill home exactly what you said like if that's true about other people it means you can also only meet other people as deeply as you've met yourself and so like that if you don't have that self trust, if you don't have that self love, if you don't have that self respect, how can you possibly extend that to other people if you haven't met yourself there? So I love that you brought that up cuz I I'm so behind that 100%. I think it's so important.
1: Right, yeah. And same goes two ways. Like people can only meet you as deep as you've met yourself.
0: Exactly. Yep.
1: And the whole like impeccable with your word, like that's one of the four agreements. I don't know if you've read that book, but one of the other ones that just always I just keep in the forefront of my mind is to never take things personally and that like I'll just give you an example just because this just happened like this week um I was given a a gift certificate for a facial and this gift certificate has been like years and years old but I call and I make sure like I can still use it because of the person who gave it is such like a loyal great customer with this esthetician she decided to honor it well I needed to reschedule and because this was both like two months beforehand and she had said she she made it very clear when we got on the phone she was not going to reschedule and she was kind of very um stern about it and I for a second like I took it um personally or I felt I felt some sort of way about it So then I spoke to someone else about it and I explained the situation. I said, I'm not going to go anymore. Like, I'm going to give this, like, I don't want that energy passed on to me because of the way that she spoke to me. Like, I don't want, I don't want that person touching my body. Like, I don't think that there's like a good energy there anymore between us. So, um, when I spoke to someone else about it, they're like, this may be her first time setting boundaries. Mm. she may have been going through her business for years like here she is accepting this gift certificate that's years old she usually only accepts them when they're like six months old and you're trying to change the appointment like this might be her like you know just starting like trying to set a boundary
0: a hundred percent and it's so true like you can't you don't know where people are on their journeys with anything with boundaries with healing with whatever and you just have to remember like you said that like everybody everybody is running the information that they're receiving through their own filters, the filters of, like you said, their childhood, their boundary journey, their career journey, their friends, the people they've met, the movies they've watched, they're running this through millions and millions of lenses, and those lenses have nothing to do with you at the end of the day, and it's so hard to remember because, like, we're we're the main characters in our lives, like, not in a selfish way, but, like, we only have our own experiences and so we can sometimes forget that other people only have their own experiences so I also really love that you shared about being cautious about who like touches your body and who brings that energy in, because like having that level of awareness with what you like to bring into your field is so important so I also I know that wasn't the point of the story but I really like that you brought that up because I think it's so crucial.
1: Yeah, I it's funny because with the whole massage therapy thing, I always think that way too. Like, I'm like, oh, like I sometimes almost wish like I could just meet the person, just be eye to eye before I sign up with John Smith. Like, yes. I don't know anything about this person, or like I can't feel their energy before I'm, you know, deciding that they're gonna put their hands all over my body. So, yeah, it's great when you do find somebody like like a massage therapist or uh, someone doing your facials or your hair going to be like exchanging energy with you in that way that like you find someone and you can like have that long-term relationship and it's the same thing with like a coach we're not physically Mm -hmm. but we're in your field like we're exchanging energy so it's like so great when you find somebody that that you can have that vibe with that and you feel like good in each other's energy
0: a hundred percent and like it's so finding the people that you gel with like you said is so important because uh, there's everybody's skill set like you said whether it's hairdressing massage whatever coaching the skill set is important but more more important than that in my opinion is that your energy works together that you guys are going to complement each other and that like for like you said as a coach that if I'm all up in your business you're not leaving and and then having to like get my energy out of like get my You know, you want to leave and be like, yes, I feel good. I feel good with the energy that was just poured into me. I feel good with like the exchange that we just had together. And I just, it's just so important. And I feel like the coaching space, thankfully, I think we see a little bit more talking about this, but like, it's something that I wish was talked about more, like you said, for like for facials, for massages, for things like that, because all of those things are really important energy exchanges and they do go both ways. It's also good to be mindful of like, you know, if I'm going for a haircut, um, with my hairdresser like I try really hard not to bring in like my garbage energy if I've had a really bad day because my hairdresser doesn't need that like they're gonna be all up in my space and so it's cool it's just something really cool to be mindful of yeah
1: yeah like having that intention too like maybe you're not always in alignment with your energy but like just holding the intention is really great Mm -hmm. um how do you suggest responding when a boundary has been crossed
0: Ooh, that's a good one. This one's really nuanced because it really does depend what the boundary was. So I'm going to shuffle here. There we go. Um, it really does depend what the boundary was because there's certain boundaries that you can be a little bit more flexible on. There's certain boundaries that maybe it was the first time you've expressed that boundary with a person and that they need a little bit of time to adjust to your boundary. And compromise is key to healthy boundary setting not compromise in the sense of i gave this boundary you broke it and so now i'm compromising by just letting that be chill because that's people pleasing but compromise in the sense of understanding that the people that you're dealing with are human too so if you've had a relationship with somebody that you haven't set a boundary let's say you've uh, you always pick up the phone when they answer. You're always there for them when you need that, like when they need you. You're taking on all this and you finally hit a boundary where you're like, I don't have the energy for this anymore. This is a huge energy leak and I, I need to, I'm not going to be answering the phone after 9 p.m. anymore. So maybe that's your boundary that you set and then they keep calling after 9 p.m you could right away be like, you broke my boundary, I'm cutting you out. That's I feel feel like there's a lot of this right now where it's like, you broke my boundary, that's it, you're out of my life, I'm cutting you out, it's toxic because you're not listening to me. Or you could be like, okay, so for 20 years or 10 years, however long this friendship has lasted, they've always been able to call me past nine o'clock and they're struggling with this adjustment. So that's when you could say like, hey, I brought forward this boundary, I'm not answering my phone anymore, I just wanted to remind you. Um, because I noticed that you're not like you're still calling. Um, The other thing to focus on is that boundaries are very much about you and not about them. So like in the situation that I'm, the example that I'm using, you'll notice that I kept saying, I'm not answering the phone after 9pm versus don't call me after 9pm. Because you can't, at the end of the day, you can't make them do or not do something, but you can, you can explain what you aren't available for. In that conversation, I'm just going to keep using the phone call one because it's easy. If it's the first time and they're like, oh, shit, I'm so sorry. You're right. You did mention that. I'll get I'm going to do better at making sure that I check the time that I'm calling before I give you a call. Great. Like, that's a really healthy boundary exchange. They forgot it wasn't a boundary that you've had for a long time. You opened up, you told them how you were feeling and that you were feeling disrespected. There was a really good mutual exchange. If you then say to someone, hey, just a reminder, I'm not answering the phone after 9 p.m. I notice you've been calling me a lot and it gets me concerned that something's wrong. So like it's I'm finding a little bit frustrating that you're not respecting this boundary. And they're like, well, I can call you whenever I want and I can do like if they're jerks about it. That's where then you want to get into that. Like, okay, this person obviously doesn't have respect for like my time. They don't have respect for my boundaries. They don't have respect for what I need for my mental health. That's where you can get into things like, is it worth spending time with this person anymore? Is it worth, like, is this friendship or is this relationship that we're having like an actual equal exchange? So I know that's not really an answer, but what I would say is that when you're having your boundaries crossed, examine all of the pieces. Is this a new boundary? Is this a really close relationship and they're just kind of struggling with something you've just put in place or is this the third time you've had to tell somebody about crossing your boundaries and feeling disrespected? Because if you're repeatedly having to set the same boundaries, the problem is it's not the boundary, it's the people disrespecting it. And you have to then decide whether or not those people are worth having in your life. Are they adding to your life or are they just there because they've always been there? So that's that's I would encourage nuance when looking at where your boundaries are being crossed
1: can we talk about this period of time that happens between like setting these boundaries which I think comes with stepping into like this more evolved higher version of yourself right that's when you start like kind of bringing in more boundaries and 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 that period of like kind of the people that are in your life that have known you for so long, they're still figuring that out. And so then like you, you're wobbling a little bit, like you might sink back into like the people pleasing or like the older behaviors and like your, your lines where your boundaries are get a little blurry, but then you're like, oh no, like these are my boundaries. So then like they're confused maybe. And like, it's kind of like getting your sea legs, I feel like.
0: It really is. There is a big wobble in the beginning. And it's, I don't think it's talked about enough how lonely this change is in the beginning. Like, even though it's a change for the better, even though breaking free from people pleasing and improving your life and making these choices for yourself, at the end of the day, they're a good choice and they're going to make you feel better. It can be really lonely and isolating at first, because like you said, there's this, there's this wobble, there's this adjustment period where people aren't really sure because you've let them behave a certain way or you've, you've tolerated a certain type of behavior for so long. And now you might even be full 180 ing the things you're available for. Um, and it's, it's tumultuous for everybody involved and, and you, you need to be really open to communicating with the people that you care about, because like you said, there's, there's, confusion on both sides there's confusion for you of like oh man did I even really want to set this boundary like they're having a hard time I'm having a hard time I feel uncomfortable it can feel like you're doing something like too wrong or too harsh or like there's a lot so it's it is like you said like it's just it's a really difficult transition period and the most important thing I would say for going through that transition period is it kind of exactly like you were saying earlier, and we've both kind of touched on it is just really consistently coming back home to yourself and reconnecting with what matters to you, because as long as you are bringing through like, okay, I set this boundary because I need to be cared for in X way. Like I need either a certain amount of alone time, or I need to have this certain need met. As long as you are using that as your North star, you will be able to get through the wobble and the people in your life will also be able to get through it because you may require a little compromise. Like, okay, it turns out that I need my alone time at night, but you know, I had said, nobody can call me after I'm not answering the phone after seven. And now I've, we've met in the middle and I, I can text at this certain time of night. Like you'll find your compromise as long as you always stick to what you needed was important. But it is like you said, like it's, It's confusing at first, it can be lonely at first, it can be isolating at first, and you can even grieve um, the person that you were before the boundaries, even though they weren't a healthy person. You can grieve who you were and this loss of identity of your old self that you, you knew and were comfortable with. And that can be confusing because then you feel like, well, was it really that bad if I'm grieving it? Was I really that, you know, uncomfortable if I, if I miss who I used to be and you can be both. You can, you can love and miss the person that you were or thought you had to be to keep yourself safe and move forward with confidence and power into the version of you that you know is getting their needs met and is turning into somebody that you are going to be really at home as.
1: Gosh, that is so true. I feel like with any type of healing or growth, I think that we're all going through like these different phases where we do like I know I have grieved my my previous self like you know whether like my teenage self my 20s like I was different I was a different person it feels like a different life and as sometimes we romanticize that chapter but we can't see the future one or like we have to we have to um be very intentional about visualizing who she is so that we remember, like, okay, who I'm becoming is better, not better, but that's the direction I want to go in, not backwards. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's true. I love, I love the way you said that, like visualizing, having that really good image in your mind of that goal that you have for yourself or what you want to feel like. I think you like visualizing and really emotionally being able to capture that. Like, I want to feel this way. And I know that even back then, even though, like you said, I loved that person. I loved that teenage me. She was doing the best she could early twenties. Me was doing the best she could, but I want to feel this way. And these choices are what's going to get me there. Being able to keep that in mind as you're guiding is, is a lot. Oh, I lost a headphone. Sorry. (laughs) Like it's so, it's so important. And yeah, I just, I really like that you, you called back to that, like almost those like previous lives or those previous chapters of your lives, because I feel like, I feel like that growth really does come like that. You're like, oh my gosh, that girl five years ago, like I'm a totally different person. And that's just how growth works. And it's, it can be interesting and fun and painful all at the same time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting to see like, who is still there through the different lives because how the relationships change as the boundaries are set and as you go as a person your interests change and some people are there for like one chapter of the life and some people are there for the whole thing and you don't you start to you don't know that at first and like as you grow it starts to become more clear to you like okay this person's definitely going to be there till the end because they've been there already for through like three of these lives and other people you're like okay that was just for a chapter and you can like appreciate each person and each relationship for what it was as you evolve yourself
0: Mm -hmm. and I think like exactly like you said like learning to not have I don't want to say expectations but learning to like you said just be able to appreciate people for whatever period they are going to be in your life. I know that it's really tempting to set like you find a person, you get along with them, and you're like, that's it. They're going to be here forever. And that's the way it is. And just being, just letting it that relationship be what it is, whether it's for a season or whether for it's for life, that makes things so much easier. And I think that makes connection so much deeper when you let it be what it is versus trying to make it into something.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then when you are setting boundaries would you recommend that people straight out say I'm working on setting my boundaries or I'm like would you how would the language look around that
0: so yeah it you totally can and especially with the people that are really close to you especially like you said those people that you know are with you for life I think communicating that that you're working on that is really healthy because one it gives them the opportunity to see where you're coming from, and where some of these behavior changes, or whether these preference changes, like where where they're coming from, um, and it also gives you a little bit more confidence because giving context can sometimes like feel a little better. I'm doing this because of this, and so you feel a little bit better that everybody's on the same page. Um, but I wouldn't say that it's a prerequisite. So when I give out, like I do have like a boundary script that I will give people. It's not the be all and end all, but having a guide is really really helpful when you're beginning setting boundaries. And I think there's only a couple things that are crucial in mentioning, and that's really the person that you're dealing with, uh, the behavior that you're not available for anymore, what will happen or like what you're going to do around that behavior. So just going back to the phone call example, like you're not available for phone calls after 9 PM. So you're not answering the phone after 9 PM. So when I say consequence, that's what I mean. It's just like your behavior. Um, those are really the major things that you need to bring forward. You don't necessarily need to explain your why you can choose to. So your way, your why may be something as simple as I'm working on my boundaries. I'm working on taking better care of myself. That can be as simple as your why, but you don't have to, you don't owe anybody an explanation behind your decision. So I wouldn't say that it's necessary, but I do think that sometimes it makes it a little bit easier. It cushions the blow both for your own confidence and for the people in your life, when you can explain like, hey, I'm, you know what? I'm cleaning up my boundaries. I've noticed that there's some areas I don't take very good care of myself. So this is why I'm making these changes. It can soften things a little bit. So it's not mandatory. And I I never want people to feel like they have to always be explaining themselves, but I do find it like, it's a nice soft landing if you're looking for something that you can use to make it a little easier to approach boundary setting.
1: Mm. I love that. I love that approach. Where can people find you?
0: So my main social media is Instagram. Uh, I do have a TikTok and I do have a Facebook. So you can you can find me on TikTok and Facebook, Instagram, and through email is the easiest way to find me. I'm there at Soulfire Coaching. Um, you can DM me. Uh, you can comment on my things. I'm I'm most accessible through Instagram and email.
1: Okay, and then I have, first of all, I have one more question, but do
0: you have anything else that you would like to share? I think the biggest thing to take away is if you resonated with any of this people-pleasing discussion, this boundary discussion of the healing journeys that both you and I work on with our people, start with yourself. It doesn't have to be big giant leaps into the outside um changing big things around you and your environment. Just start with yourself. Do one to two more things every day to take care of yourself and you can start creating noticeable difference in your in your life right away just by making that really small change. And so I think that's I think that's the most important thing I would want people to walk away with is that you can change. You can start changing right now just by focusing on you.
1: I love that so much. And that kind of answers my last question, but I'm going to ask you anyway, what would be your number one health tip, whether it's mindset, diet, nutrition, physical, emotional, just
0: the one piece of advice that you would like everyone to know. Be fucking nice to yourself. That's that's my one big piece of advice. And that is both a mindset and, and an actual health piece. I It's funny, we didn't dive into it too, too much today, but your your body health and your brain health are so intrinsically linked like they all communicate with each other they're going back and forth when you are mean to yourself whether it's not meeting your needs whether it's talking to yourself like a bully in your head whether it's like all of these ways that we bully ourselves essentially your you mentally and physically causing yourself harm so just be nice be nice to yourself that would be my number one tip
1: mm-hmm. thank you so much melissa for coming on and i love this conversation and um if you would like to hear more from melissa you will find all of her links in the show notes
0: thank you so much for having me i really enjoyed this so thank you it's been an, it's been really fun
1: That concludes this episode. If this resonated with you, please give it a rating and review. And if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out on Instagram. I would love to hear from you. Links are in the show notes. I sincerely thank you for your time and your presence.